it's getting to that time, people, where we are nearly done with all of the films that we can watch at this point in Tom Cruise's career. So what that means is we need your votes so we can put together our Democratic Top 10, just as we did last year for Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it is more important than ever that you get onto Facebook, onto the Arnithology page, give us a list there, or email us at thearnithology at gmail.com. Top fives, top tens, whatever you want. But if everyone sends in a top ten, we'll have a truly democratic list. Even if you've only got three, it'll do. And if you give us some of the reasoning as to why they're your favourites, these are favourites, not necessarily bests, then we'll include your comments in the episode. Favourite Tom Cruise films. Have your say. It's not like Brexit. We're not going to like mess up your life. I'm just going to find out, you know, what Tom Cruise films you like. Easy. Do it. Hello and welcome to The Ornithology Presents... The Cruise Cast. I'm Ben Hyten. And I'm Alex Blady. We review movies of select iconic actors, past and present. The criteria really is that they have to have shaped or transformed cinema in some way, that hence making them icons. Season one, we did Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, we're doing Tom Cruise, and we're up to 2009. Valkyrie is the film, directed by Brian Singer. Now... Have you seen this film before today, Alex? No. How exciting. Well, I want to get straight into your feelings about it, but let's just do a quick right. setup for it before we do that. Sure. This is set in 1943-1944, the turning point of World War II as as the Germans started to accept that perhaps yeah, they weren't going to win this thing. They're probably going to lose. They weren't going to win this thing. A handful uh, and a growing handful of German officers are deciding to take matters into their own hand for the sake of Germany as a nation. For the 15th time, I might add. Well, yes. Ultimately, there were 15 assassination attempts on Adolf Hitler. And by Germans. By Germans. Yeah, 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 by, yeah, by his own men. The reason for the title Valkyrie is this, these handful of you know, intelligent officers decide to use a clause uh, within the German high command known as Operation Valkyrie, yeah. which will allow them to seize control of Berlin in the event that news spreads of Adolf Hitler's death. So it's it's it Valkyrie is a plan that actually was already in in, in place. Yeah. In, in case there was ever like the government was in danger or whatever that it would basically when when a country declares um martial law. Martial law, that's it. Thanks. That's what I'm looking for. It's a bit like that, isn't it? That yeah, I think I think originally the purpose of Valkyrie was to ensure that Hitler's Germany would continue on if Hitler was killed by making the strongholds of government and the strongholds of German-occupied Europe locked down and under the protection of the reserve army. Right. And what these men did was they rewrote Valkyrie to say, make it all about Berlin because we can control the officers of Berlin. Yeah. Let's take out Hitler anyway and try and take out Keitel and Himmler and a mm. few others. But let's secure Berlin and the reason behind it is because they saw that while they had taken an oath for their country and their Führer, one day the war would end and they didn't want to be held responsible for the things that Germany's, that Hitler's Germany 
had perpetrated. So, yes, it's directed by Brian Singer, written by Christopher McQuarrie. And I think this is the first time his name will appear. It certainly won't be the last. Alex, you've very mixed feelings about war films in general, I think. That's right. Yeah, you, you got me there. I generally avoid war movies. Not necessarily because I want, I think, a sweeping generalization about them, that they're bad or whatever. I don't like them. I don't enjoy seeing war. I don't like watching war. Valkyrie, though, not a war movie. No, it's a war movie in as much as Inglorious Bastards is a war movie. It's a right. movie that takes place during the war. Yeah, so it's that's just the setting, which I don't mind either. I also kind of don't like period stuff as well, okay. All right. which this certainly is a period drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really appreciated how well it was done. All that aside, I really like this film. Cool. I think that this is... It's very well made. It's well structured. Beautifully acted in, in some places. Yeah. It's a fantastic cast. And I think it's superbly directed as well. Agreed on all points. Yeah. Let's leave it there. Classics, lines. Join us next week. For, no. <laughs> uh, just starting right at the opening. I was mm. so impressed by yeah. the way that it draws you in. I thought that was really artful. I, I don't use that word very often, but um, especially for the kinds of movies that w- that we've been reviewing. But this was this was really skillful, and yeah. the decision to have Cruz speaking in German at the beginning while he's writing his diary, and then it's sort of transitioning into him speaking English. Yeah, you get a twofer, I think, because you get that really beautiful text. That's in a, a kind of um, golden period of expressionist cinema style. So you have the sound of German soldiers taking their oath, translated into text on screen in English. And then also the title of the film comes up in German and really gracefully transitions into the English translation. And then, yeah, you get... Yeah, which cru- is super super helpful for you. Uh, there's, a, there's a moment when there's a shot of... They could, uh, a shot of a record, an LP playing Wagner, Ride of the Valkyries. I think that's what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could have just as easily had an original, uh, sorry, a, a replica of that original record, but written in English. So so English-speaking audience can read it and go, oh, right, that says Ride of the Valkyries. But the interesting thing about that decision to show us the title of the film in German, it doesn't look like Valkyrie at all, re- really. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm. It depends how au fait you are with Germanic language. We know when we're seeing it, it says Valkyrie on it because we've just been shown it. We should have been shown it at the beginning of the movie. Exactly, yeah. And there's and the, there's that decision been made to say, we're not going to distract people by having Tom Cruise affect a German accent. We and know. Anyone, in fact, the whole cast, right? No one's really doing it. Except, with one very well, important exception. Two exceptions, actually. Okay. Uh, th- sorry, in fact, there's three. You're right, there's one very important exception, which... Well, Hitler... Hitler. ...is, is a British actor, Such but a, a important have to decision. have have a German accent. I, I, I think there's a reason for it, and I think the reason why is because all of our good guys in this film, they're all speaking with English accents, except for Tom Cruise. And Christian Berkel, who's actually German. And Thomas Kretschmann as well, who's also German. Exactly, and those are the other two that I said yeah. that... Oh, right, so, okay. so, So the decision... It's interesting that you, you get some German actors in there as well, and they've got a slight accent when they speak English. People might argue and say, oh, no, you do get people there with slightly German accents. And it's like, well, that's just because they're German actors. The decision was, speak normally. Yeah. That would have been the directorial, directorial thing. It doesn't matter 
that were in Germany or whatever, everyone speak in their normal accent. And I think, to be except honest... For, except for Eddie Izzard, he just couldn't help himself. He's always got a weird accent. You could have... Well, the thing is, is that Izzard, Bill Nye, Kevin McNally... Yeah, yeah. Maybe not Terence Stamp, I don't know. No, um, no. Kenneth Branagh, all of those guys yeah. probably could have done half-decent yeah. German accents. Except for Tom But Cruise. Tom Cruise couldn't have done, I no don't think. Way. And it would have been yeah. too distracting because yeah. you would have spent so much of the film focused on, is he getting the accent right? Is he not getting yeah, the accent yeah, right? Yeah. That actually it would take away from... There's no need. How absorbing this film is. Yeah, yeah. There's no need. There's no need for it. But, but it, is, it is weird, though. So many English actors playing Nazis, which is really normal for an American movie, right? To have English guys playing the bad guys. In a movie like that, to have Tom Cruise as the lead? I don't know, man. Well, it's nice that you kind of have the British acting high command playing the German yeah. <laughs> military high command. Right. In a way. Right. I think There's the something inclusion, nice about that. Yeah. The inclusion of the German actors... Um, there's more than just those two, but those are the two main ones. Yeah. Is is crucial because Stauffenberg is a German hero, the character that Cruz plays. Yeah. You have to have someone of Cruz's caliber in there to get the budget, to get the film made at the level that it deserves to be made perhaps, at, because this perhaps, is a yeah. big film. Yeah, yeah. So I think you also have to include a certain number of German actors to say this is a right. German story. And Christian Berkel and Thomas Kretschmann are about as respected as they get in right. German cinema. So I was going to save it for a bit later, and I think we will come back onto this, but probably not spend too long on it, because I don't think it's that important, um, is that the sort of historical accuracy and how the Germans accepted this or not, how it was received by German people. Well, I have some first-hand experience of that, actually. The reason why there's no need to talk too long about it is just because it's pretty accurate. There's very little debate about its accuracy. It's it's yeah. pretty well received. Uh, the German response to it, um, this is by the German defense minister in June 2007. So While the film was being made. No, yeah, while it was being made. I'm sure they were consulted. I think that's, that's part of it. They released this statement. Stauffenberg played an important role in, mili- in the military resistance against the Nazi regime and in the German military's self-perception. A sincere and respectable depiction of the events of the 20th of July and of Stauffenberg is therefore very much in Germans, Germany's interest. So they're actually, they were happy with it. They weren't unhappy with it. What they weren't happy with was, he goes on to say, Tom Cruise, with his Scientology background, is not the right person for this. Fine. Okay. So yeah. I think there's a couple of other things just before we get to Cruise. Uh, there was some controversy around the film at the time because... Why, when you have these German actors in this film, do you not have a German leader, Stauffenberg? Also, Stauffenberg was six foot three. Tom oh, really? Cruise is notoriously not six foot three. That's so funny. Um, that is so. Aside from funny. that, though, if you look at Stauffenberg, there is quite a similarity between. Oh, really? The two of them. I, I've never yeah. seen a picture. Of it's him. not bad, yeah. especially the mouth. Um, but the biggest controversy around the making of the film when it was actually in production, was obviously it's a, a crime to hang a swastika in Germany. Yes. Uh, you're not allowed to do it. And Brian Singer was in, and the uh, production as a whole, was insistent that they shoot on location at the real places that these events took place, and they hung hundreds of genuine swastikas. And this mm-hmm. was, there were complaints. There was, there was a lot of ill feeling toward the film at that point. Right. Now, I was in Berlin two years after the film had come out. Oh, really? And I spoke to a guy in a bar. His name was Jörg. 
And we were talking about the film and he said, look, I thought it was an excellent film. And mm. I thought it was very respectful, all of that. Yeah, excellent film. However, exactly what you said, you do right. not cast Cruz as Stauffenberg. Yeah, I mean, I I, I guess because um, there's a, there must be, for want of a better term, the Nazi party was a cult. And, you know, we're not going to get into all the occult stuff, actually, that the Nazis were interested in, at least Hitler and his inner circle were. Mm. Um, there was a lot of that actually going on, which Crazy doesn't really, stuff, yeah. yeah, really, like... Communicating with aliens and the dead and all sorts let's, of let, stuff. Yeah, let's yeah, not. Right. <laughs> just saying, just yeah. saying it's quite, Nuts. it's a matter yeah. of fact and yeah. historical record that that was going on. So it's, it wasn't, it wasn't not a cult. I mean, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and so then you get somebody, you know, who's a devout and vocal Scientologist yeah. playing this part. It really doesn't feel right. It is, I'm not, I don't blame at all in any way. The German government for releasing that statement at the time, saying we have to express our discomfort with this. We're not happy with it. So that's fine. I, I accept all of that. However, that is kind of playing into the cult of celebrity by saying that he is first and foremost an actor. True. And as a, as an actor, once again, as we saw with Magnolia, yeah, surrounded by some of the finest character actors. I agree. Living today, he absolutely holds his own. I think. I agree. This is one of my favourite Cruise performances. And I think it is mine. You've said it before right. with on lots of other movies, and I've gone, yeah, he's okay, he's okay. I've never been like, yeah, he's great. I mean, I was, I, I have said, yeah, he's great on, on lots of things, but he hasn't really hit it for me. He hasn't gone to a place where, where except for in moments in movies. So he's he's achieved it in lots of moments in movies, but there was always something a little bit, too much cruise involved yeah and there was none of that in it this no. is an th he is playing a part and i am i'm look, i'm happy to say that i'm a fan of his acting fully now without any reservations just going back to what we were just talking about how there's an awkward association with him playing this part because of whatever yeah yeah i think that puts a pressure on him to do this part justice not just for the German yeah, audience, but but yeah. for the film to work. This film is dealing with some really, really rich stuff that gets right to what... How could I not be hooked about this film that's populated with characters appealing to their highest integrity? Like, I think it's... Yeah. That stuff just gets me. Yeah. And what you see in Cruz's performance here as a result, I think, is is something that we've talked about time and time again is restraint. You're absolutely yeah. right. He leaves the cruisy desk aside. He leaves the ticks aside. He has one little flip-out moment. But it's not a too-much-energy moment. It's not a too-much-energy, no. And when he does that still, calm restraint... With, with is, the phone. He's the phone on the desk. The, the whole like, film. The whole I'm going to smash the phone on the desk. No, I'm not. Yeah? That was so cool. Yeah. I love that moment. Sound ye oldie spoiler klaxon. You know, I, I'm doing, I'm gesturing, and no one can see, obviously. But he's like, he's gripping the phone tightly, like he's, he's gonna just, smash it. Yeah, he's just called, um, I can't remember his name, Bill Nye's character, Ulbrich. Yeah, well, actually, it's the guy under him. Actually, I can't remember his name either. The German guy. Yeah, I can't remember his name yeah. either. Um, what's the actor's name? Christian Berkel. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's actually on the phone to Berkel, and he's like, 
what the order just went out oh yeah yeah, like, yeah the valkyrie order just went out like i saw it happen like he's dead and so they put the they put he puts the phone on the desk your, your restraint is the absolutely right word because although we see one flip out it's not nowhere near what he's feeling and there's so many other moments where he could just as easily he could easily flip out yeah and he does he doesn't so if it had been one of those you roles. See it. You see it in him. You see it in his eyes. Like, I'm going to... Right. But that, that's yeah. what I love. Yeah. I love it when you can that's just see acting. it in his eyes. Yeah. But that, that is throughout the whole movie with all the actors. There's yeah. so many nice moments where you're seeing it in their eyes. You know, there's some some moment, because there's a lot of actually politics and bureaucracy in, in this movie. I'd say there's a lot more of that than there is tension or any action. What am I? What am I seeing? What political machinations are going on here? And there's the guy who orders the execution right at the end. I don't remember his name. I should have written down some of the names. I don't remember any of the names. Tom Wilkinson. Tom Wilkinson. Right. Yeah, so just say the actors. He's, he's playing from. Yeah. Right. There's that scene where they first suggest uh, Tom Cruise and Bill Nye go into Tom Wilkinson's office. He's really high up, and he's. Basically, I mean, they're all generals yeah, and colonels, no, yeah. aren't they? And he unplugs the phone because he knows it's bugged, and he says. I never want to hear you bring this up in this office again. And I'm going to fall down on whichever side is winning, basically. Yeah. So, and then he plugs the phone back in and says, Hal Hitler. And Tom Cruise can barely say, I'll hear you say it, Colonel. Well, that That's is one of my favorite moments of the entire movie. Okay, let's come back to that then. Because yeah. I don't, actually, I do have quite a few lines for this one. Yeah, yeah. But what the film for me is about, okay, obviously politically, it's about replacing a duty of oath hmm. with a duty of conscience, I think. And, and honor. Yeah. Honor. And yeah. that's incredibly rich stuff. And it wastes no time whatsoever. You know, within I love. six, I love seven minutes, that's done. Let's get this film going. Yeah, we know what's happening. And in 50 minutes, and you're like, shit, look, they're going to actually make an attempt now. Yeah. Like, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got another hour. It's like, what's going to happen? And so that's why it's so beautifully structured. Because I'm like, Hang on, I got another hour of this, and yeah. they're going to do their attempt. And say, like, okay, fine. It's not. It's not even a failed attempt. They just don't even get to do it because the meeting's so short. You know, that's... there is a failed attempt right at the beginning, though, with Branner. Oh yeah, of Quantro. Oh my god! Again, that's why you're saying like six, seven minutes because I'm just like, is it Quantro? I thought it was Gin. No, it Quantro. is Quantro. You're right. Yeah. This is what this is what sucked me in. There's just a few shots, and that, I mean, I'm going to be uh, nitpicky is not the right word, but. I'm getting into the minutiae here of what of things that make me love films. Mm-hmm. Big epic shots. The shots of the planes landing. I love those shots. Just rotating so, on the runway in formation. That was beautiful. Stunning. So, so beautiful visuals and then taking your time with tense moments. They put the bottle on it's like bang bang bang. Like get the thing together. Put the bottle in. Get the thing. Uh, get the. Um, Stop saying thing. Get the thing. Do the thing and the thing. <laughs> they put the thing in the thing. <laughs> he, he hands the thing to the guy. The guy gets on the big thing, and then they're waiting by the thing for it to ring. Everyone knows what that means. Yeah. There's, that, a, there's, that's a, there's a bomb. There's a bomb in a bottle of Quantro. Yeah. On a plane with Hitler on the plane, right? But it's yeah, yeah, and it's shot after shot of just like this is what this is how it is. It's it's a bit like a tooling up sequence that you get like in a classic Arnie movie or whatever. Yeah. They're tense, they're doing it. I thought Kenneth Branagh was great in this. He wasn't... And he's in, what, four scenes? Right. And he's great. Every time, every second he's on screen, I, I just think he's great. He's, yeah, I love him. Yeah. And I, I kind of want, I want to see more Kenneth Branagh now because 
I forgot how good an actor he is. So then it gets on the plane. They're like, yeah, we did it. We put a bow on the plane. And it's like a second of that. And they're but like, they're okay. not excited. They're fucking shitting themselves. Then it, well, well, the moment they're handing it over, they're walking away going, shit. They've got their eyes wide and like, fuck, we just did that. And then they cuts to what is probably one of the best in the, in the split second that that next scene starts. It's suddenly night and you've got smoke just trailing off their cigarettes that they're too nervous to smoke. It's just, they're just sitting there in their hands with the smoke and it's, and then you know, they've been sat there for like for hours. Like, yeah, just since it's waiting since, for the call, since they delivered the bomb, since they delivered it. Talk about establishing shots. That moment, that to, to in this next second, like we know exactly what's happening. That is that is artful filmmaking. That is saying you've you've not told us anything, you've not said anything, you just set the scene and we know exactly what's going on is that these guys have been waiting there. There's no a ticking clock or anything. The smoke is the ticking clock. And then the ring of the phone. It's like So clock. loud. So, so loud. loud. So and Branner just grabs yeah. it straight away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's not trying to hide that he's sat yeah, waiting yeah. for the phone to he just grabs it. Yeah. I mean, super tense. And then it's like, oh, fuck. Somebody's got the bomb. <laughs> Somebody's got the bomb that didn't go off. That we gave to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? The, fo- the following scene, though, where he goes back, because he says, oh, I'll, I'll swing by and pick it up. I'm going to be in Berlin yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. And goes see Tom Hollander, who he gave it to. Yeah. The way that that scene is played out where you're sure that Tom Hollander knows like in the way that he slams the box down on the desk, the, the yeah, quantum. You are box. and you're not. You are and you're not, right? You're sure. And then, well, okay, f- okay. We're, we're supposed to be a little bit in doubt because that's how Tom. That's how Tom Cruise. That's how Kenneth Branagh's playing it. Kenneth yeah, Branagh's playing it like he's trying to play it cool, but he's sure that him? Hollander knows. Yeah, yeah. And then he flips it on him. It's that, so that great. Is the switcheroo. So great. I don't care what anyone else says. That's the switcheroo. That is the switcheroo. I took you for a different sort. <laughs> it's so good that's a lovely line yeah it was a really really good line um and that i was actually I'm just going to say while we while we're on that because i don't think there are the many lines that are like that you know in period pieces they kind of tend to regardless of what language it was supposed to be set in they try and make the language of the period and that's certainly a, a term from that time just to course it you different sort i don't think they you'd hear anybody saying it now a lot of the language was actually quite contemporary, which I think is also good an interesting choice. I, I'm not saying it's good or bad either way. They're they're playing this game, right? A game of wits, I guess. And the other guy is saying to Kenneth Branagh, something's up. I don't know what it is, but something's up with you coming all this way to get this bottle. The thing is, and the reason why we don't know that he knows is because it turns out as that scene plays out that He's actually suggesting, let's crack it open and have a drink. Which Branner can't do, even if he wants to, because he knows there's a fucking bomb in the box. <laughs> right. And then he switches it on him and says, what would the Fuhrer think of an officer drinking on duty? This is the other thing, and the brilliance of, of starting with that oath. The oath is not to Germany as such, as much as it is loyalty to Hitler. Absolutely. So every, That's everyone, exactly what it is. as the yeah. tide of the, the war turns... And the faith in that leader starts to falter. Everyone at this high level is constantly on edge. Because whatever they want to do, they know that they have to show fealty to Adolf Hitler. So those moments that you're talking about where it's all in people's eyes is think about the kind of balls you have to have to put into action some of the things these guys do. 
not even put into action, to have those conversations with people who can have you shot instantly yeah. for even suggesting it, for even starting yeah. the conversation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what you see throughout the film is that courage being undone by the, the cowardice of people who are gripped by fear. Mm. Ultimately, that's what crushes them. Right. And makes it, un, you know, an unsuccessful mission. But that is is just, it's so enthralling. And that's such a gift for an actor if the actor's got the ability to take it on. So mm. as much as it's wonderful to look at this film and say, wow, look at the cast here, Bill Nye, Terence Stamp. It wouldn't work if you didn't have those actors in those roles. I agree. I agree. Because it, it actually, the film is about action. It's quite propulsive. Yeah, yeah. So those nuances have to be unspoken a lot of the time. It's 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 that's interesting because it's always the feeling is then it's always on the edge of action, yeah, which is a real a real political stance actually. If you're a politician, you you are not going to am I going to act and and Bill Nye's characters the the embodiment of that he he just he's never he's not going to act until he knows that it's going to work and no one is and and Tom Cruise and Burkle. They are all, they're ready to act. And I think that's why Tom Cruise basically recruits him. It, we puts a, an ultimatum down. He says, I'll do it if that guy's in. I need another, I want that guy around. Because he sees in him the, the soldier. He sees in him the, the ability a, to... He, he is a man of action, yeah. yeah. And I think he can see in Albrecht, Bill Nye's character, that under pressure he'll, he'll falter. He's got that great squirrely nervousness to him that right. you know straight away, this guy's not going to hold up under this pressure. This is one of Bill Nye's best performances, I think. He's really good in it. it, it but everyone is. And this brings me to the point. I'm so glad that you started I mean, off, but... Terrence Stamp really... doesn't need to do anything, though. <laughs> he just sits there and be... He just, just sit there and be Terrence Stamp and you'll be fine. Well, he has to open his mouth because he's got that great voice. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Is that he's yeah. not trying. He doesn't look like he's trying. But when you when you started off by reeling off the things that you like about the film, the artistry and all of that, yeah. I, I've seen this film several times, maybe seven or eight oh, right. times. I, right. I really like it. I really enjoy oh, good. it. So you know just, it well. It's yeah, a very yeah. watchable film. But when I sat down to watch it in this context, as soon as it started, I was like, yeah, I love this film, actually. And by the time it ended, I I actually had the thought, is there anything about this film that I don't like? Okay, so I'm going to pick one thing which is very difficult to pick at because it's pretty beautiful. And that's the way the ending was handled. I don't have a problem with the ending. Okay. The way it was executed. I wasn't going to bring this up as a criticism. I was going to say, let's talk about it. Like, How do you feel about it? I want to know what you think about the decision to shoot Tom Cruise. I mean... <laughs> He was shot. The the character was shot. So why why this way? I've just got a question mark around it. And I also kind of like it. But it's it's something that I just wonder about. He's he's shot. He's lying on the floor. It's a mirroring of the shot when he first got blown up near the beginning in the car. That So that shot mirrors the shot at the end. So you just see him lying on the sand like. Um, and then you see him lying down at the end after he's just been executed. And he's dead. It's not the same as... When he was lying on the sand, he was unconscious. You could see that he wasn't dead. He was twitching and moving a bit. But then they cut to his wife um, saying goodbye to him, which is a shot we'd already seen previously in the movie. When you know she's she knows what he's going to go and do. She knows that he's taken his promotion. He's going to Berlin. I assume it is Berlin mm-hmm. to, to to work in the offices there. I, I liked it. It's, it's really hard to express myself on this because I didn't I didn't not like it. But I was left with this sense afterwards, like, why do we see that? I mean, 
it's not like it's not like we're not sad enough you know and it's like well why do they take us back to his wife saying goodbye do you want my my feeling, yeah yeah right? that's okay. I, I do i do but I, so i'm just trying to frame the question like i think there are uh, several points throughout the coup montage let's call it where they're calling around the different districts of berlin yeah there's a few very important notes in that one is where beck terence stamps character turns up and Stauffenberg says to him, you're not wearing a uniform. And Stamp says, this must be seen as a, an act of the people. So he's wearing the common man's clothes, albeit an expensive suit. And also throughout maintaining contact or securing contact with all of these different regions and all these different officers of the military, Tom Cruise keeps reminding his secretary to try and contact his wife. The last time he saw her, was he was sending her away because he knows any of those men, yeah, yeah, they're gonna catch once they're them. caught as traitors... Yeah, yeah. Their families will be executed. And we see some of that at the end as well. Mm. I think the decision to cut back to that after Stauffenberg is dying, and the idea is that this is his final thought, his, his wife, is that even though they failed, this wasn't simply a military operation. Right. This was for the future of Germany. This was for his kids. And it was so that Germans, after the war, could actually still say, I'm a proud German. This whole segment, that we're doing started when you're saying, is there anything wrong with this? And I, I'm loath to find something as well. But if I'm going to, if I'm pushed to, I'd say it's the decision not to include that because for all the reasons you just said, that's all the reasons it should be in there. And it's really, again, really artfully done. It's not labored. It's, it's not, no, it's they make a beautiful the, shot. There, it yeah. makes the point, right? So this is why I'm saying I'm not faulting the shot. It's literally just, it seconds off when you include it. And there's a part of me that would have really liked to, as long as we see the shot, for, for as long as we see the shot of him lying on the sand at the beginning, it's a lengthy shot. Mm -hmm. And I think that the same kind of discomfort is appropriate for the ending of this movie, but I think they cut away from it. And I think it's literally just moving that shot of his wife as he's, as he's being shot, or just before he's being shot. That's, it's just timing. It's just like, if you okay. move it before, you still everything that you're saying is intact, Mm -hmm. and then you shoot and then Tom Cruise dies and it's like he can't have his final thought he's dead and that's the thing that's why it jarred with me I think because if it is meant to be his final thought is of his wife it's five seconds after he's dead and in terms of watching his audience member it just jarred with me and it's the only thing that I was like what that doesn't feel right that doesn't all the reasons that you said why it's in there I don't want to disappear but th that would be it I mean what <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I can say is that, yeah, your, your cut there is about two seconds out. That's what's so interesting about this is that so many of the German officers and the people that we see there do not experience or see the horrors of war. A hundred percent, yeah. Right? And that's what makes, I think that's why he takes such a shine to Christian Berkel's character because that's, that's a guy, exactly he's, yeah. a, he's a, he's a yeah. technician. He's what's his a, opening line? Like Any problem on earth can be solved with the appropriate application of explosives or something like that's that. That's it. It's such the, a great the, line. The trick is to not be around when they go off. Yeah. And but even Hitler says it to Cruz when he goes to have the revised Valkyrie documentation signed. It has to be approved by Hitler. He sees that he lost an eye. He sees that he lost a hand. And he he kind of in front of his highest generals sort of slams them by saying I wish more of my men had given as much for the cause as you. Yeah. That's a sequence of quite interesting nuance as well. Like I liked it. I really liked it. Keitel, uh, I think Bormann, 
Himmler and Goebbels all sat back hmm. like Hitler's lackeys. Now, these are incredibly powerful men, but still, they're Hitler's lackeys. Yeah. Cruz goes to see the guy that he's planning to assassinate, and you still get the sense that there is um, a sense of awe for Stauffenberg being in the same room as him. Oh, so then yeah, when yeah. he's complimented by him, the conflict there is... I still have to do this. I still yeah. have to fucking kill this guy because it's yeah, bigger yeah, than this. Yeah. But but there's a there's a very important and it could have been played up a little bit more. But that's not what this film is. There there has to be that level of content where people loved Hitler. You know, it's yeah. not like everybody did it for fear. And you see that in the the comms pool when the woman starts crying because she's seen the yeah. Fuhrer Adolf Hitler is dead. Yeah. And again, it's just there's just the right amount of all of these lovely, lovely little details that yeah. you could extrapolate and make a whole scene around. But you, we you haven't could. got time. We're just going to yeah. do it in 30 seconds. Yeah, you yeah. get the point. Let's move on. Yeah. And that, it's those details you're describing. That's what I think tips the film. It tips it from a good film to a great film. Just in terms of movie making. I know yeah. that the subject matter is going to make people feel differently about it. But I, I don't want to judge a film on that. I rarely do I there are some films that the subject matter is just I'm always going to judge it on that so I get that people do do that the attention to detail not leaving out any aspect of what Hitler's Germany was really um, except for the it was a good decision the ruthlessness the violence the genocidal machine the yeah. mechanisms in place to eradicate vast uh, swathes of the Euro European people. All that's hidden from us in the movie. And I think it's a really interesting and appropriate choice because it makes the brutal execution of these conspirators at the end of the movie so much more powerful because we, we're, not, we're not desensitized to it. The firing and, squad's yeah. one thing, but the way that they're the hanging, hanging Kevin McNally... It's not even rope, it's like wire. It's like steel wire, Ugh. yeah. And there's already like six guys just... You know, hanging, just hanging they're, gray, they're gray because and they've that, just been there for a day or two. You know, they're, they're, I think so gross. I feel like we're kind of getting all over the places, but there's so much packed into this film. No, we're on track, the, man. The, don't the middle, yeah. the middle hour of it, it's not a war film at all. It's a heist no. film. And, yeah. But yeah, in, yeah. in place of a, you know, Las Vegas, <laughs> it's it's Berlin. You know, and in and place of this bunker, a bunch of money. Yeah. It's the integrity of an entire nation, right? Mm. So the stakes are huge. Mm. The, like I said before, the bravado and the balls of a character like Stauffenberg in that situation to maintain is astonishing. And he's mm. truly a heroic character in this. But the final 15 minutes, I find really incredibly powerful. And it starts uh, yeah. with when they're all captured and Terence Stamp just cuts Tom Wilkinson off. And he says, you know, rather than go to trial, he just says, I'd like a pistol yeah. for personal reasons. That's all you get. It was it was cool. It was what a move. What a Puts cool a gun move. to his head and he just says to them, I'm thinking of earlier times. Bang, shoots himself in the head. And you, you don't know. You, you, there's no way you and I can sit here now and say, oh, well, he was thinking about X or he was thinking about Y. No. You don't need to know. No, you don't. That's an incredibly courageous and honorable thing to do that he's done there and also an incredible fuck you to wilkinson it's like yeah you can stand well, he's there he's, he's and showing his allegiances it. as well he's saying i know my position affords me a prison sentence instead of execution right but i'm with you guys so i'm gonna i'm gonna show you an honorable death like you didn't do anything wrong this is the right cause so i'm dying with you 
it's it's beautiful actually that moment and you know some people say you know there's no honor in dying and stuff like that in that moment yeah right there is and not only is he doing the best thing he can possibly do for for his men they also then pluck up the courage to say well you can't you can't hide your part in this yeah, you're guilty as well tom wilkinson you know yeah. you're and you know he's a loathsome character really he is. Um, by the end he's like the worst of you know he's not even picking a side i'm not saying i have more respect for people that pick the Nazi side, you know. Yeah, but at least not... it's an ethos, right? Uh, as John Goodman says in Big Lebowski. No, but Tom Wilkinson, uh, I think um, Bill Nye sums him up by saying he's a careerist pig, which right. is such a wonderful summation. And and yeah. there is a sniveling, disgusting quality to Tom Wilkinson in this, yeah. and he'll do anything. Like you said, mm. he'll do anything to mm. just be still standing when the music stops. But the other thing in that Terence Stamp sequence, though. And again, it's alluded to in the final coda, is if someone like Fromm or those other men who are against this resistance would look at Terence Stamm and say, you know, you fucking coward. How dare you escape justice by taking your own life? It's exactly how Hitler goes out two years later. Yeah, or one right. year later, sorry, one year later. Right, which which the film uh, it doesn't make a big deal about, but it's in the end credits sort of explaining. Yeah. Um, because we're on that scene, uh, let's just move into lines. Uh, okay. lines and Lines and moments. Because that scene has, it's probably one of my favourite lines in films, you know, it, because of what it means and the gravitas surrounding it. They're, they know that they're done, you know, the the, the people who've conspired. They re, they realise it. So they're trying to say about from Tom Wilkinson that, you know, you're, you're guilty too. They're just basically telling the whole room because it's full of military police and... and yeah, at the very least, he knew and he did nothing. And they're sounding like honourable men accepting their fate. Also saying to this person, we're not, we're not different from you. What are you doing, pretending? We're, we're going to die, so we don't really care. And he says, spare me. But he says, spare me, like, as though they're being whiny. Yeah, such and they don't want to. they don't want to yeah. die. It's like, yeah. that's not how they're being. And then Tom Cruise just trumps it completely, which is yeah. it's just amazing. He says, no one will be spared. Yeah. And the and look, boy, do he we gives, see that? The look he gives, I think that's an Oscar moment. The look he gives conveys everything that he stood for in this movie. And with the delivery of that line, he's saying, "You have not understood how serious this is. You do not know what the stakes are." I'm trying. I'm appealing to you in my final moments through these words, through this emotion. I'm showing you that you don't understand how horrific everything is. And you will. Also, though, simply by their words, they have sealed From's fate. And that's oh, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. The way he's right, yeah. lording over them on the balcony yeah. and the firing squad. It's just, I know it's wrong to say, I'm glad that fucking guy dies. We talked about this in Collateral. Yeah, right, it is wrong. But when he but throws away his cigarette, when everyone yeah. else has been shot, and it just comes up with the text that he too was executed yeah, later yeah. the following year. Uh, you but go, I yeah, love, good. I love the pacing of it. The part of me wants to go back and see if it was slightly different pacing of the text because each person it's, said yeah, the name. It's delayed. Yeah, and yeah. it said the name, and then when they're executed. And I, yeah. I put money on that it's a slightly longer delay for. Oh, fun. it is. I am sure yeah. of it. Yeah. But I love um in the sequence that follows that when they are basically being taken outside to sh- to be shot. Bill Nye is really suffering. And I don't think he's ashamed to be a part of that group at all. No. I think he's, he's yeah. probably disappointed in himself that he didn't act sooner the way he was supposed to. Yeah. And he's dealing with the fact that he's about to die. 
But I love the line that Tom Cruise says to him, which is, it's the only reassuring thing he can think to say, to say, make this mean something. Now he's looking down at the ground, like he's going to crumble. And Cruise says, look them in the eye. They'll remember you. So you see, but that's it. That says, it's that, that line is saying everything that I was saying the other line is. There's so much integrity in that moment to say, think about the entire context of what's going on right now and act accordingly. Yeah. And that is... That's a leader's command. That is something that you want to makes you stand up straight and follow because it's like, oh yeah, it's not just about me and my sniveling weaselness. You know, there's other things going on that I can I can rise to. I can rise to the challenge of this. We talked about the setup for Cruz's character in Africa, and he says to another great British character actor, Bernard Hill, who doesn't survive the Mm -hmm. prologue, "We can serve Germany or the Führer, not both." And Bernard Hill says. It's just that talk that had you sent here, General. I don't know why I did it it's in the style of Cary, Cary Grant. It's great. <laughs> uh, and Tom Cruise says, no, what I said was much worse. I, I like I like that he's I want to know what you said. This isn't a controversial idea that I'm saying here, basically. Yeah. You know, whatever got me sent to the African front was, you know, hey, go fuck your mother or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. They're all Cruise character moments, really. I know now there's only one way to serve Germany. That makes me a traitor. I accept that. How about when he recruits uh, the lieutenant? Oh, the way man. he recruits the lieutenant. Again, I love that. the fucking balls. Like, he's recruiting this guy to be his... I don't know. It's like, not a secretary or assistant. Right. He's a lieutenant. But he is basically there, his number two. Yeah. Do you know how this war will end? The portrait will be unhung and the man will be hung. And he just swivels around to him. What does he say? Like, I'm involved in... I'm involved high treason with all the means available to me. Can I count you in? <laughs> yeah. Now and that... then the guy, right... So, I don't know. What's that actor's name? Do you know That's the actor's ja- name? Jamie Parker. Yeah, I looked at right. him because he's excellent. And I've That's never seen great... him in anything. No, no, I haven't. There's a, there's, I, I recognized him, I think. But I don't. I can't remember where from. That moment, he conveys. Again, we've talked about this so many times. It's, one, it's our favorite acting moments, right? It's when someone's able to show this sort of a mix of a, a mix, a conflation of emotions and an ambivalence to and everything with a look and a sigh and the delivery of their line. And that's what he does. He's like, he just goes, ah, he sighs and goes, it's it's like a mix of, oh, I'm relieved that I don't need to play the charade anymore. But fucking hell, why did I get assigned to you? It, you know, it's a bit like, and then he sa- and then he delivers the line for anything at all. Yeah. But the way he says it is like, Fucking hell! I I was kind of just hoping I'd just wait out the war and cushy, yeah. cushy office job. Exactly, but, I had a nice but, cushy deal here. But I'm up for it. I'm <laughs> up for it. And you've got to assume that Cruz wasn't just doing this blind because you've got to think that he probably asked for him or there's some kind of way of. But we don't know. That's the thing. We, we don't know. You but can read ball- that. It's ballsy, but I'm not taking that away uh, from you. Exactly, right? it's certainly ballsy because he could have just run, got up and grasped him up like yeah later. exactly what right. that's the other thing that i see in jamie parker's face is is yeah. this a test yeah that's exactly you're right that's exactly what i saw yeah, that's another part it's like so all of those things in that moment it's like <sighs> if i'm being tested i don't know and maybe he's had enough and maybe he's just like fuck it if it's a test i'll pass or fail either way well i don't know it's like it's a coin toss but he looks at Tom Cruise and he's like, I think he works out it's not a test. I think he works out his sincerity. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and that's how you recruit people to a resistance, right? You have, you have a confident presence where if you're going to do something like that, you can't be playing games. 
the script of this is so excellent. You know, it's full of these moments that just character through action that we've talked about time and time again. But getting all of that stuff across really quickly, you know everything about Stauffenberg before any of the plots kicked off. You know everything about all of these guys within seconds so that it can just keep pushing forward. And the main attempt on Hitler takes place just over the half halfway point of the film. As an audience member, you would expect that to be the climax, really, mm. you know, in any ordinary thriller. So what that leaves you with is a series of surprises. How close these guys actually got. But for a few details, you know, really, the, the detail matters so much. The fact that the meeting was moved from mm. this pressure chamber to a place with open windows, that the bomb itself was moved further away yeah, from yeah, Hitler, yeah. that Ulbrich didn't act in time. Mm. You know, all of you this You wouldn't stuff... believe it. If it, wasn't, if it wasn't real, based on real events, you wouldn't believe it. You've got, ah, you get, I, that's what, that's why I think that's another thing that tips this film over to great because it's a great real story. It's going to make me sort of rethink that when I take that angle, when a movie's like, oh, that's contrived. It's like, well, it can ha it happens, right? So I'm, I'm, you know, I, I like that about this. That, that's one of the things that makes it so great. So th this is a difficult point for me to make because I'm loath to say that Hitler did anything good. But I do want to just say, I'm I'm hooked, man. I cannot wait I for what's about just, to come out. I just, I just want to say, I love his moustache. No, no, no. <laughs> um, I love his haircut. No, 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 no. None of that. Um, I just couldn't get past this feeling. What a brilliant move it was when the attempt was made to lock down all communications and just wait to expose the the rats. Yeah. You mean, yeah, yeah. Let them do whatever it is they're doing. That's fine. We're just going to sit here in this safe bunker in the wolf's nest, whatever. We're not worried. We've locked down. No communication. So, shit. Nobody can confirm whether Hitler's dead or not, really. And he's alive. And it's a brilliant move because it's just like, oh, I'm just waiting. Come come back and go, oh, yeah, by the way, guys, uh, whatever it is you're trying to do, I'm back. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill you all. And that gr the great movement in the great moment in the comms office where the guy presents the two orders, one yeah. from Stauffenberg asking for someone else's arrest, yeah. I think Goebbels' arrest, one from the Wolf's Lair asking for Stauffenberg's arrest, and the guy just looks at him and goes, send them both through. We're not here to interpret. We're here yeah, to yeah. pass on the news. So That's it. let them work it out. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It was cool. <laughs> Same before, though, it's quite astonishing how close these, these guys got to actually pulling off the coup, yeah. with or without assassinating Hitler. Right. Which does kind of, and well, it asks the question, how would that have changed the course of the war and even 20th century history? And ultimately, we'll never know because we live in the timeline where they didn't succeed. Or will we? But, but the reason that we live in that timeline is because of Tom Cruise. Now unstuck in the space-time continuum, Tom Cruise regains some semblance of honor as a samurai in 1800s Japan. By the time he returns to modern-day Los Angeles, he has a death wish, coupled with a newfound philosophy about the universe in Collateral. 
having stared death in the face, he returns to his family to try and be more than just a deadbeat dad, just in time for a war of the worlds. After which the spy gang comes a-calling, and Ethan Hunt is called back into active service, now married for the third time. He sits down with Meryl Streep and inadvertently exposes corrupt political shenanigans in Washington, in Lions for Lambs. We then get a brief glimpse into one of his commercial endeavours as head of a studio, the profits from which he uses to bankroll all his other personas. If you wish to make a movie star from scratch, you must first invent the Cruciverse. He has now mastered time travel. The last few weeks, he's been all over the place. It's 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 now a fact that the actual reality, he has been gifted the ability to jump around time. So after the events of War of the Worlds, you know, the world has been left ravaged. Yeah. I am going to answer the question, if I could time travel and kill Hitler, would I? The great time travel question. Yeah, I'm going to go kill Hitler. That's what I'm going to go and do. So that's what he goes and tries to do. Hang on. Why why on his way towards trying to kill Hitler? Because that's the classic time travel paradox, right? Yeah. If you could go back in time and kill Hitler, would you? Tom Cruise says, yes. He's yeah. answered that question for us. Yeah. No need to ask it ever again. But why on his way to doing that does he say, hang on, I'm going to just stop off ah. and become Les Grossman? Because he's a working class guy in War of the Worlds. He needs yeah. to make some money. Time travel's bloody expensive. It is. It's the um, plutonium 84921 that you need to, to power the time machine. Great Scott Murray! So, yeah, he's going to run a studio, make some money off of... Perfect sense. Again, I'm saying it, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So when you see him die at the end of this film... die. I think we're learning something about the time travel process here. So in Inception, if you need to come out of the dream state... You die. You die and you wake up. So the reason that we have that long shot on him at the end of this film, when he's dead, he's thinking about that lovely wife of his yeah he's gonna leap just he's before leap again he comes back to the present time yeah yeah where does he come back to ben? well he's gonna do a little bit of uh spy slash action work as oh. roy miller in night and day yeah but because he's changed the course of history back to a different timeline y- yeah say it he's say gonna it. hook up with julie gianni from Fucking vanilla sky that's it you did it you just gave me a, a cruise cast gasm that was very that was very smart. Very smart. Well done, Ben. Thanks. You nailed the Cruiserverse this week. Sure did. So classics-wise, I got three. <laughs> oh, that's one more than I got. So we already said the flip out. Yeah. Which was, damn it! I saw the explosion myself! On the phone. The voice of reason. Throughout. Yeah. The, the it's, whole it's, movie's a mega voice of reason. It's an 8.9 on the reasons scale. <laughs> Um, but there's one that's become a new staple, I think, in, in the post-2000 films. is disfiguration. Once again, he's losing an eye again. He's changing his physical appearance. Mm. It's happening yeah, a lot, it's a, man. It's a theme. It's a theme. I, I'm not ready to add it yet as and a he staple. T- and he tends to do his best work when he messes with his image. I'm not ready to add it. Mm. Well, I got nothing else. I'm not ready. But I'll agree it's on the list of candidates for adding. Uh, the other thing I've got is is like that kind of I want to show I've got some skill. It's not at the caliber of learning Japanese for Last Samurai, but speaking German at the beginning of the movie. 
And his German is excellent, I have to say. Well, I, I don't know. It sounds pretty good to me. It's Yeah. I don't know what his accent's like, but on the technical level, his pronunciation I mean. is excellent. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I, do you know? I don't know any German. I know a little German, and his name's Klaus. No, I mean, I think his German sounds excellent. That's just yeah. my feeling on it. So I've got a couple other moments that I really liked in the movie. Mm-hmm. Just, I guess, one last mention, if we hadn't made it clear already, the fantastic cast. It's a who's who of English actors, I'd say. It just It felt a tiny bit weird that Tom Cruise is the only major American, but I'm not unhappy with it, but I totally respect anybody else's unhappiness uh, for him being cast in this movie. Terence Tamp does have a really great moment where he's giving the speech, um, explaining that this thing is about to happen. And if you have this card, it shows that you're part of this movement, hmm. um, which is basically a, a death card. <laughs> Cruz, throughout, you don't ever see him say Heil Hitler. If he does, he mumbles it. Hmm. And Tom Wilkinson's character, as he's about to leave his office, I think for the second or third time later in the movie, says, I will hear you say it. You see it's a shot from behind, and he, he lifts up his, his arm. You can't quite see it. It out, goes out of shot. And you hear him pretty much shout, Heil Hitler! Yeah. Oh, you want you want a Heil Hitler? I'll give you a Heil Hitler. That's the kind of uh, the attitude he's got when he says it. And then it cuts to um, in front of Tom Cruise and you can clearly see his hand up, but it's his stump. Yeah. And it's it's he might as well be giving him the finger. And I bet his phantom limb is giving him a finger. <laughs> you know, he's he's basically saying... Oh, right, yeah, I'll give Hitler a salute. Here you go. Take Here's my fucking hand up saluting. It, there isn't one. Thanks, thanks a bunch, Hitler. Great. This is So I really like that. I think that's actually a really beautiful moment. I know I'm making jokes about it, but really, really good moment. I think it's a bit of cinema history. Uh, you know, it's a classic. It's, a, it's an excellent yeah. exemplification of defiance. That's what's yeah. so great about his character. He's, yes. so, he's got so right. much resolve right. and, and defiance. And that is... This is what I fucking think of Hitler. I just want to give a shout out to the way that um, Kenneth Branagh chooses to go out because he's out in the, what oh, is he, yeah. on the Siberian front That's or something. Brilliant. Yeah, he just pulls a pin on a grenade and holds it under his chin and waits for it to go off. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, you're not going to feel anything, I guess, but I don't yeesh. know. Maybe like I mean, a few seconds there. Probably a closed casket funeral for Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, we mentioned him earlier i just want to give a shout out to thomas kretschmann who plays the the uh like this colonel general i don't know of the yeah, reserve army he's always good i mean yeah i don't know why he isn't a superstar other than he's not american but what a like handsome guy yeah. like so much presence as well i love kretschmann and also um one of the other german actors in the film carice van houten who's who's known better now as the red woman in game of thrones Right, uh, Mrs. Guy Pierce. Now, I think that's if I was going to be picky, that's the only sort of sour note for me. Is I like that she's in the film. I think she does well with the scene that she has. That I love when she comes running back into focus out of the car because she knows she's never going to see Cruz again, yeah. and she just keeps kissing him. Yeah, and yeah. and but like staring at him as well, like trying to take in every detail because she knows she's never going to see him again. Yeah. But. It would be nice if she had a little bit more to do. She's yeah. got that great classic look like she belongs in a 1940s movie. Yeah. yeah. But it's sort of token, her being in the film. Uh, look, she's well cast. I mean, yeah, yeah. 
and it's, it's not, not. It's difficult because how do you? I wouldn't change her out. No, no, would, but I'm saying yeah. it, it's out. a shame that she doesn't have more to do because she's in a, a film about uh, the resistance called Black Book, the Dutch resistance. Mm. Uh, in fact, maybe she is Dutch, not German, um, and she's absolutely phenomenal in that. And she got cast in this again because Cruz saw that film and said, "Right, that's right. who's playing Nina von Stauffenberg." Oh, fine. Um, it's just a shame because if you put more of her in the film, it's going to be obvious that um, they just they crowbarring in this subplot now. It's difficult, so that's why yeah. it's a nitpick. Well, again, really tough to actually say that there's anything wrong. You exactly, know, it's, it's not wrong. Do you have more? No, I've said everything. I okay. want to say about this film. Then you know what that means. Go on. Dies ist deine Nummer. It's your numbers. Das Budget. <laughs> $79 million. Sorry, $75 million. Now, that sounds yeah. like a lot, but look much. at the scale of this film. Yeah, yeah. And the size I mean, a of... lot of costumes and, and... Right, exactly. And period stuff. It's, it can't be cheap. Uh, Tom Cruise's salary... $20 million against 20%. Trying to percent her. And the worldwide gross, very respectable $200 million, pretty much on the nose. That is, that's And until good. Dunkirk came out, this was the fifth highest grossing World War II film of all time. It's pretty yeah. good, isn't it? Good. And again, I don't put this, the, one of the reasons why I like this is because I don't put it in the category of World War II films. I think it's a film set in World yeah, it's War II. Yeah, it's a... It's a conspiracy thriller, really, that takes place in World right. War II, yeah. It's your numbers. They're pretty crucial events surrounding World War II. It directly relates to Hitler. It's not, not a World War II film, and I yeah, have to Yeah, but it's not what you call a war movie, because it's not about battles. Exactly, and... it doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't feel like that. I'm tired of seeing World War II stuff. Do we, when Dunkirk came out, I was like, do we, really, do we really want another movie about this war? Like, is that... And the world said... Yes. Yeah, they do. They I do and they did. I'm going to take the complete opposite angle to you because I'll never get sick yeah. of war movies. No, no, it's not war movie generally. Like war movie isn't the thing that just puts me off of it. It's really World War Two. Yeah, like, I still want more. I want films about Orador. I love films about the Resistance. I think it's just the the most brave. Oh, really? The most incredibly brave people. Were you an Alo Alo fan? I was. <laughs> never missed it. Yeah. I was just pissing by the door when I heard a shit. <laughs> Good morning. Hello, hello. Hello, hello is shit, by the way, if you go back and watch it now. But right, we, used, we actually really used to watch it in French class. when we Because we did French history as part of French. That is so awful. It's the worst way to teach kids French, uh, French no. history. That's yeah, so yeah. awful. It's just the teacher going, ah, oh, God, we're going to... Try, well, trying to engage us, because we used to watch Blackadder in World War yeah. One history class as well. Yeah, right. Should we rank it, man? Yeah. Now, I don't know I don't know if you've already decided where you're going to rank it. I have decided mine, and I'm really glad that you liked the film, because I think you would have been a little bit upset at just how high I'm putting this film. This film is going underneath The Last Samurai and above A Few Good Men. Which puts it at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's in my top ten. Well, I am putting it below Jerry Maguire, above Eyes Wide Shut. Where's your so Jerry Maguire? So that puts it fifth on my list. It's pretty good, but it's not. It's not better than Top Gun. No, it's not better. Well, no, it's not, is it? <laughs> 
yeah, just in closing, just to justify why I put it so high, I'm not saying it's a greater work of art than something like Eyes Wide Shut, but it's filled with incredible actors giving brilliant performances. It's an excellent script, really well directed. It's really well paced. It's under two hours. It's exciting. It's tense. It's moving. And Cruz is firing on all cylinders in this. So it's just a really entertaining, solid film Ooh. that also has something to say, which is yeah. a cr- crucial for me. I mean, certainly this is a richer film than Top Gun in that sense. The the yeah. ideas of duty and oath <laughs> yeah, and integrity yeah, yeah, yeah. and cowardice and all of that stuff. Yeah, right. But just Top Gun's, it's got that nostalgia factor that you're never going to... It's just unique. It's never there's gonna, there's only one Top Gun. Understood, understood. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, Brian Singer, we haven't really said much. We mentioned him, but I think he's a great director. Well, I'm not saying he doesn't do his stinkers. He does. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I think but, the film that he followed this up with was Jack and the Giants, Jack the Giant Slayer, or whatever it was called. Yeah, I never saw it. Me neither. Why would you? But yeah. that's the thing is he obviously has the capacity yeah, to do good. incredible work. Cause uh, no, I agree. Usual Suspects and this. Yeah, forget about Usual Suspects. I mean. He's a lot like Ridley Scott in that he's only as good as the script that he's working from. He can right. make anything entertaining, but when yeah. he's given a good script, he can make something really exceptional. Yeah. And I think this is as good as Usual Suspects, but um, that's largely because it's written by Chris Usual Suspects Macquarie. Oh, really? Who mm-hmm. will be back because Cruz replaces Robert Town as his frequent writing partner with Chris, Chris Macquarie. Macquarie. They do a good. lot of films together from here on out. Well, that's interesting. Next time around, though, I have a feeling we might end up disagreeing on this one because we're going to be talking about night and day. Yes, we might even be, you could say, as different in our opinions as night and day. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to join us next time for night and day. And until then... Woo! Oh, wait. How do you do like a German... How do you do like a... Yeah, woo! <laughs> what?! What was that? Surely, surely the German version of woo is woo. All right. Woo. (laughs) Woo. I think we need to kill this bit. Let's start again. Don't we? Start again. No, I mean, just retire it. Let's not. Let's get rid of the cruiserverse. Let's get rid of the woos. Let's start again. Just set me up for a a woo. Right. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to join us next time for night and day. And until then, woo. You could at least do it with a German accent. <laughs> Tried, man. <laughs> Can't do it. Don't forget, you can jack reachers at The Arnithology on Twitter, The Arnithology on Facebook, and The Arnithology at gmail.com. <laughs>